As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 911, you're reporting. Uh, I got a strange going on out here. Something just killed my dog. Something killed your dog? My dog went flying through the air over the tree. I don't know how it did it. Damn it, I'm really confused. All I saw was my dog coming over the fence, and he was dead when she hit the ground. I didn't see any cars. All I saw was my dog coming over the fence. Nine one one, what are you reporting? Uh, we got someone or something. Crawling around out here. Did you see what it was? It was. It was standing up. I'm out here looking through the window now, and I don't see anything. I don't want to go outside. Jesus Christ! You better. Sir. See ya. Hello. Get somebody out here. What's going on now, sir? That son of a bitch is about six foot nine. I don't know. Do you see him now, sir? Yes, I'm looking right at him. Uh oh. Hey everybody, this is Les Stroud. Yes, yes, I know. AKA Survival Man. And you're listening to Brian on Sasquatch Odyssey. guys and welcome to this week's episode of Sasquatch Odyssey. Thank you guys so much for clicking play. It is Friday. I hope you guys have had a great week. We've got an amazing guest lined up for you, but as always, I want to start the show by inviting you. If you've had an encounter and you'd like to be on the show, shoot me an email and get me at brian at sasquatchodyssey.net. Head over to the website, check it out. You can become a member there and help support the show. I guess you guys can tell by my throat that I've definitely been fighting illness. This is not a guest host, ladies and gentlemen. This is me with my voice as it is currently. Danny and I have both been battling some sort of sickness over the last five or six days. So this is about as 
good as my throat has sounded over these last four or five days, so I figured I better go ahead and try to do this intro as soon as possible. So here I am. We do have a great guest lined up today. It's Cameron Buckner. If you guys listen to the Dixie Cryptid podcast or the What If It's True podcast, Cameron reads stories about Bigfoot on his channel. And he's got quite a following over there. And I've, I've been a fan of Cam's show for quite a while. And he doesn't do a ton of these kind of interviews because he feels like he doesn't have anything to add. But that couldn't be the farthest thing from the truth. He is an amazing guy. He does amazing work. And I had an absolute blast talking to him for a little over an hour. I've whittled it down to about 50, 55 minutes for you guys. So... I think you're really going to enjoy it. Cam is, as I said, he's, he's got a lot of insight. He's got a lot of opinions on things, and he's just a genuinely super good dude. And I, we were definitely fast friends during this interview, so I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. I'm going to link to Cam's page. If you haven't checked out his YouTube page, Dixie Cryptid, you got to check it out. He tells some awesome stories over there. He's got a great way of telling stories, and I think you're really, really going to enjoy it. And I'm also going to link to the What If It's True podcast. I'll probably link to that on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, but you can find it anywhere you find your podcast. Subscribe to Cam's YouTube page. Listen to his stories. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Thank you guys week after week for showing up and supporting our sponsors. Please head over to yetibars.com. Check out all their merchandise over there. They're offering 10% off for all of my listeners. You use the promo code SO10 at checkout. That's SO10 at checkout, and all Sasquatch Odyssey listeners get a 10% off of your order. So go over and check out the soaps, check out all the cool things they have over there, and pick yourself up some. Use SO10 at checkout. Help support the advertisers on the show and ultimately helps support the show. Enough of that. I'm sure you're probably tired of listening to this horrible voice. Hopefully I'll be feeling better next week, so I'm just going to let the music play. You guys sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I want to welcome my guest. It is none other than Cameron Buckner from the Dixie Cryptid and What If It's True podcast. Welcome to the show, Cam. Thanks, Brian. I really appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, man. It's an honor and a pleasure to have you on. So let's get right into it. You do this show where you're reading these stories and you're sharing people's encounter stories. What got you into doing Bigfoot stories? <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to really burst a bunch of bubbles with this, but I've said it on my podcast plenty of times. I'm not really that into Bigfoot. Well, I'll just start how I got exposed to the Bigfoot topic. My grandchildren, two of my grandchildren live over in Arkansas. And so they come and stay with us for weekends. Well, they're teenagers now. They don't anymore. But when they did, I would drive over and pick them up or my wife would. And of course, the conversation with teenagers runs, <laughs> you know, you run out of things to talk about generationally. So I would say, well, let's pull up something on the, on the radio and let's listen to some stories. Well, I was just kind of clicking around YouTube and I ran across some Bigfoot videos and I think it was Bigfoot Crossroads, the outlaws. Do you remember those guys? They were uh, uh, Bear and Kunbo and all those guys. And we would listen to those stories for a two hour drive. 
And I started listening to that. And I thought, this is stuff is fascinating. And so a year or two goes by. Um, I still kind of keep up with their show periodically. I see a uh, thing on their Facebook page that they're doing an outing in Mississippi. And so I told my wife, I said, hey, I may go see if I can meet these guys. They sound like real nice guys. And, you know, what is what an odd thing in my mind to spend a lot of time on Bigfoot. I mean, I always thought it was just kind of a joke. So I, I called those guys and, and I said, Hey, I'd like to go on the outing. Hey, yeah, come on. They were real nice. Long story short, I went down there, spent a weekend with them at a campground, uh, close to Grenada, well on Grenada Lake. And we just had a great time. And I thought these are some of the nicest people. I thought, you know, they were more welcoming than some churches I've been in. And so I got even more interested in the community, not necessarily the topic, but the community. And I have this thing. I, I don't know what it is, but I love to know what make, makes people tick. What, what gets them interested in things that I've never heard of and Bigfoot being one of those. And so I just started talking to these guys. I went on another camp out with them a year later. Well, that happened. And then at some point in 2018, I was telling my wife, I said, you know, I would love to do a YouTube channel, but I don't know what to do it on. I don't really do anything interesting. My job is kind of boring and blah, blah, blah. And she goes, well, you love stories. Why don't you just tell stories? Do like an audio book podcast. And I said, well, okay, that sounds great. Well, what would the topic be? It needs to be a topic. And she immediately said, well, you're, you're friends with these Bigfoot people. Why don't you tell Bigfoot stories? You're always talking about what great stories they tell. So I said, well, that's a great idea. So then I went back and I started remembering all the Bigfoot stories people had told me back when I was a kid from way back when I was a kid and I loved to write. And I started writing those stories and I started putting Bigfoot <laughs> stories out on YouTube, not thinking just as a hobby, not thinking that anyone would listen, but as a goal, I thought, well, if I can get if I could get a thousand subscribers and three to 500 views per video, I would be so happy with that. I mean, imagine that you read a, you write and read a story and 500 people actually listen to your story. That's more attention than a lot of writers get on, you know, when they publish a book, they may only sell 10 or 20 books. And then after about six or eight videos, we started getting a lot of views and people subscribing and people began to get interested in it. And of course we got in all the Bigfoot people who I were not, I was not familiar with, and they were being real critical of this story's BS and all this stuff. And the whole time I'm thinking, I, I don't even care if it's BS. It's a, uh, it's just a great story, you know? So, so I just kept doing it. I kept doing it and I was having so much fun with it that I didn't, uh, you might hear my rooster crow and I'm sorry if that's distracting, but, um, so I just kept doing it and that's it. And we've kind of branched out. I've been invited to do several audio books and things like that. And it just kind of went from there. And then we started the, what if it's true podcast, which is uh, different. We cover different, we cover Bigfoot, but we cover everything else. I was going to do that on Dixie Cryptid, and I actually started doing some UFO stories. And these are all stories of people's encounters. They're not you know, they're, I mean, I ran out of material. I wrote the five or six stories that I had heard through the years. And then I ran out and I invited people to send, if you have a story, help me out, send me a, send me a story. And right now my email 
inbox never gets below 2000. <laughs> and I've just got a wealth of stories in there. And I just, I get to three or four per podcast. And so we started the, what if it's true podcast? And, um, we started doing other stories and that's, I kind of look at that as my fun channel. We do just all kind of weird stuff, you know, Bigfoot, including Bigfoot stores. We do a lot of fiction. We just creepy pasta, but a lot of it is uh, submitted by viewers and they claim it's true. So it's just, the whole thing's just been a, just a big barrel of fun for me. You know, you and I were talking before we started here and you were telling me how much fun you have with this. And I can identify because, you know, the, my regular job, I've been doing it for 30 years and, and I love what I do, but I guess, you know, after about 20 years of it, you begin to, you know, it just becomes the same old thing and you're not, but man, now I'm boom bouncing out of bed at four o'clock in the morning, getting out here and doing, you know, doing a podcast or a partial podcast. And then I, um, uh, then I get to work at seven 30 or eight. And then when work's over, I'll work for another couple of hours on the podcast. And so it's just a lot of fun. And that's kind of how I got started. No, no interest in Bigfoot, no interest in the cryptid world or the paranormal world. But if you're going to tell a story, you know, I told my wife, I said, well, I could write about football, baseball, you know, sentimental stories, whatever. But these stories are the ones that capture a people's imagination and they do mine too. I'm not hooked on these stories. I don't even read Bigfoot stuff. I, I mean, if I'm reading, you know, I'm reading the, the, like one of the latest, uh, fad books now is the, oh, what's it called? Um, I can't even remember the author, but it's about the Comanche tribe. I, I read a lot of history and stuff like that. The point is I'm not a Bigfoot nut. I just am a story nut is what I am. And so that's how it all got started. It was just a, just a ton of fun and it continues to be that way. So. Well, you definitely do a great job at it, man. I've listened to your show and it was one of the shows that I listened to when I first started doing mine to sort of get some guidance on what people were listening to. And I, I fell in love with the stories, you know, for me, it's more, I don't go out like you and do research. You know, my, I always say my research is done behind the microphone, collecting people's stories, because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to start collecting people's stories from the Southeast where I was born and raised in Georgia, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, those areas. And it just sort of blossomed into what it's been today. And I've, I've literally got to talk to people around the world. I've, I've got a interview scheduled this afternoon with Andy McGrath, who wrote The Beasts of Britain. And we're going to talk cryptids and Bigfoot. And I, I, I get to go and do so many cool things because of this show and talk to people like you who do very similar things to what I do. And I'm always fascinated with the stories about what got people into what you're doing in the Bigfoot community. And I think as innocuous as your story is, I think it's probably very similar to a lot of the ways that people stumble into this kind of thing. It's not necessarily a, a huge encounter. I saw this thing. It's just, you know, you just happen to get into it the way that you did. And then here you are telling these stories that are heard by, you know, tens of thousands of people every week. I think it's really, really cool that people are able to have that conduit because when they submit their stories to you, very much like when they come on my show for the interviews, it's a very cathartic thing because a lot of times you're hearing a story for the first time and they've never told anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad that we have a platform that allows people to release that into the world, you know, sometimes even anonymously. And I know you get shit just like I do. You know, people say the story that this person told is BS and whatever, but 
like you said, it is what it is. At the end of the day, it's their story and we put it out there and let people digest it. And whatever they come out with on the other end is fine by me. Yeah. You can look at that two ways. It's uh, some of them do seem very spectacular and they seem so out of the realm of possibility to where I'm tempted and am and do say, oh, that story's I'm going to read it anyway, but that story's crazy. Well, I get criticized for that. Well, you should vet your stories better. Stay tuned for more Sasquatch Odyssey. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, everyone, it's Brian. Do you like saving time? I know I certainly do. One of the ways that I save time is enjoying Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto Meals. Also, there's more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. You can fuel up fast with Factors restaurant-quality meals in just two minutes. They have a wide variety of options for your entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And one of the best things about these delicious meals is there's no prep and no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat with no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. And Factor meals are flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need as you choose your meals every week. And plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor truly is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. And we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. So head over to factormeals.com slash odyssey50 and use code odyssey50 to get 50% off. That's code odyssey50 at factormeals.com slash odyssey50 to get 50% off now. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. But I don't care what they say. I'm a story channel. I'm not a Bigfoot channel. The stories just happen to be about Bigfoot. But on the other hand, from the people who are being critical of the stories and, and those things, Tell me one, I want anybody in your audience or my audience to tell me a single Bigfoot story that can be absolutely verified. 
See, the judgment is in the hands of the listener. You can believe it or not, but all the stories that, uh, for, for example, if, if you were being critical of me for sharing a story of, I don't know, whatever happens in the story, but yet there are a set of stories that you absolutely believe. I can't prove the story that person sent me is true, but neither can you prove the stories that you believe are true. All you can say is, well, it sounds more reasonable. Well, no shit. I mean, you know, of course, but I mean, we're talking about Bigfoot. The whole topic of Bigfoot is unreasonable. So, and I've gotten, you know, I told you before we started that stuff used to get under my skin, but it doesn't anymore because I just started following Joe Rogan's <laughs> advice. Don't read the comments. However, I do read them, but when, and I used to ban people for, I don't ban people from commenting if they're, if they say they don't believe the story, that would be ridiculous. But when they get real nasty about it, I don't, I don't want to deal with that kind of stuff. I ban them from commenting on the channel and there are about 500 people banned in there. That gives you a little peek into the Bigfoot community. But, um, but yeah, the stories are, they're no different than the stories I heard as a kid coming up through my life. And I've shared all those that I was told. I don't know if any of them are true, but that's the way they were told to me and they're great stories. And that's, that's, that's where I come from. I don't, I do care if they're true, but I can't tell which ones are true. Nobody can. It's kind of the way I approach the subject too. I've, I've had a couple of shows recently where people say, Hey, you know, you should be vetting. I'm in the coalition for critical thinking Bigfoot group on Facebook, Stephen Struford's group. And I've had Stephen on the show before, and he's clearly very skeptical of the subject almost borderline cynical, I would think. Most of the people in his group are very cynical of the subject in general, and they pile on every... I used to post the episodes in there when I do new episodes each week to sort of promote the show and let people listen. And I just stopped because <laughs> every week there was people in the group saying, you know, you, how are you vetting these stories? And, and very much like you said, it is physically impossible for me to vet a story that somebody comes on that happened in 1982 in Detroit, Michigan. Like, exactly. How do you vet that, you know? Yeah. It's not about And vetting. I have stories from uh uh urban Detroit. I have Bigfoot stories from urban that I've shared on the channel. So uh, they do get that, you know, uh, outlandish, but again, who are we to say? So yeah. And I, that's always my answer. You know, I do my very best. Danny talks to people, the producer of the show, before I talk to them, we, we go back and forth and we do our very best to make sure there's not mental issues. And, and some of those things obviously squeak through. I think the show that I just posted on the Paranormal Odyssey that I posted over here this morning about this guy's UFO experiences and saying he was abducted and these medical experiments and he has this alien implant. And I challenge him in the episode, you know, I, I challenge him and ask some questions and say, look, dude, how, how do you know this information that you're telling me? How do you know that aliens have a breeding program that your mother and you were a part of? How do you have that information outside of, I just think so. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's at the end of the day, his, his answer didn't really satisfy me, but I put the show out there anyway, because I think his, his story is fantastic, fantastical exactly. even. That's right. That's but right. I'm not in the business of being an investigative reporter. I hung up the, the law enforcement hat in 2016. I don't do that anymore. Now right. I just enjoy the stories and I enjoy the people that I get to talk to. And I got to talk to this dude for an hour and it was fascinating to me. So that's really oh, yeah. what it's all about for me. Tell us, have you had anything? 
I know you live in the woods just like I do. I'm on my 40 acres here and I've heard some things and even seen a couple of things that that were a little suspect to me here that that I think could be related to Bigfoot, right? Have you had anything that's happened to you in your night walks or your times around your property that you would even remotely consider to be a possible experience that you could share with us? Uh, The shorter answer is no, but you know, I had uh, Will Jevening and I got together, he, he and I and Tom, and we did a couple of podcasts. Uh, well, we did one and I chopped it up and kind of dropped his interview in several, several podcasts. But I told him that I saw some lights out behind me and uh, they looked like red eyes. And it was uh, late. It was early in the morning, like two or three in the morning. I had gone out with my dog and I saw some, they looked like eyes. And I I couldn't explain it away. I was thinking maybe somebody was back there hunting and they had their, you know, redhead lamp on. And some of them have two, you know, they have two where you're keeping your profile down, but nobody would be out there at two in the morning setting up to deer hunt or whatever. Uh, So I don't know what that is, but I don't think it was Bigfoot. I I don't think it was uh, Bigfoot. Now, uh, my wife has had a couple of things that she thinks could be Bigfoot. We have a, we have a garden area right out here close to us. And then, uh, two or 300 yards away in a low area, we have another one where we put, we haven't done it in a couple of years, but we'll put potatoes and beans and well, she would go down there and check that area occasionally, you know, probably daily. Actually, she was down there by herself one day and, uh, she called me and I was sitting in here and we were on the compound together she said there's something in these woods and it's big and it's making noise and it's doing something to a tree i can see the tree shaking and i said well what is it and she she says i don't know what it is would you come down here so i grabbed a pistol (laughs) naturally because i didn't i I thought maybe it could be a pig or something like that i wanted to get her out of there of course all she had to do was get on the atv and come back her curiosity was up so when I went down there, whatever it was, was gone. I never heard or saw anything, but to this day, she swears that she thinks something huge was, and it wasn't, I don't know how far, you know, as far as you could throw a baseball and you could see the tree, it's a big dead tree and all grown up with the vines. And she said, dead branches, it was shaking. I mean, the trunk is huge. You couldn't get your arms around it. It was shaking and the, some of the dead branches were falling out, you know, they were being shook loose and. So I don't know. I don't know if that was a Bigfoot or not. I don't really think we have them around here if they even exist in this part of the state. Although I live 15 minutes from the Holly Springs National Forest. You can look at my, I look at it on Google Earth and I always notice that line right there and it goes forever. It's a huge national forest in North Mississippi. And we ride ATVs back in there all the time. We hit, we never seen any, we ride at night with a bunch of people. We've never seen anything, but there are a lot of stories coming out of that, uh, national forest, especially around cemeteries. I've got a matter of fact, I'm looking at my library of videos here, podcasts here, and I'm, I'm seeing one. It was the second story I ever did was out of the Holly Springs national forest. And it was pretty good. So to answer your question, no, I don't, I have never seen, heard, never seen a sign, never seen a track. Uh, I see tree bows and breaks and stuff all the time that look odd. And you kind of wonder how that happened, but I can't, 
I can't attach it to Bigfoot at all. So, and to be honest, Brian, I'm never looking. I'm always out just having a ball out there with my dogs and, or, you know, I'm riding my bike or riding an ATV or the Ranger and I'm just having a good time. We're fishing back there and, you know, we put a boat in and pal around with the grandkids and catch a boat load of full of little brim. And I, I never think about it. So I told you, I told you I wouldn't be the most interesting guy you've ever had on. So there you go. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I've had experiences and I've talked about them on the show before and they're not anywhere near the caliber of, of this class, a quote unquote class, a sighting, of course, that some people come on and share, but even the little small things that I look back on now that I've maybe experienced in the past without any knowledge of possibly it being a Bigfoot, I look back and I sort of question now, and I'm, I'm certainly not that guy who's okay. Everything is now Bigfoot by any means, but it happened to me recently within 150 yards of my house here. I recorded a, a television show months back at the end of last year, and they had to come and film some pickups for a day. And we're out there and I'm with the cameraman and we walk past this spot on one of, off of one of the trails near my house. And he's like, Hey, what's that? And I'm like, I don't know what that is. It's like this big group of trees that had fallen and we're all intertwined. And it looks like a, classic Bigfoot structure or what oh, people wow. purport to be a structure. Right. And I've walked past this spot and I've noticed it. I've just never really paid that close attention to it. And he's like, well, let's go check that out. So he's following me with this camera and I'm going over and I'm looking and I swear the more I stood there and looked at it, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. This yeah. is so wild because I, it, it's, it's hard to explain, but there's, there was literally, in my opinion, no natural way that those branches and those trees could have come together in the way that they did. Yeah. But at the exact same time, it doesn't make sense to me why a Bigfoot would do that either. Like, what, right. why, would, why would one walk in that area and say, I'm going to put this tree here? And this that tree is here. the big question. That's my big question. Yeah. Why do Bigfoot do it? So, yeah. And I've talked to plenty of people who have theories on that. You know, everybody's got a theory about why they do this and why they do that. It's a directional thing. It's a territorial thing. It's this thing or that thing. And nobody knows, right? And now I'm looking, and I told the cameraman who obviously filmed this, and it's probably going to end up in the episode. And I'm like, you know, I don't want to look like that guy who's pretending that this is something that it's not. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, I had to stop and pause and go, I really don't know what that is. I don't know how it would get the way that it got. So there's all kinds of things out there, man. And I, I enjoy hearing people's encounters like that and their stories because we're collecting evidence, right? It's anecdotal evidence that these things may or may not exist. And I, I do believe that they do. So every little bit of evidence that's collected or, or things like that, people see these structures and they don't really know what it is. I've got an interview with Todd Standing coming up on Monday, and I was watching his discovering. Bigfoot show last night, just jotting down some notes. And, you know, I see him and John Bendernagle and Jeff Meldrum, and they're looking at these structures up there in that area that they were filming this. And I'm like, that's exactly what's on my property. And I don't know how that could be outside of it's either natural or something placed it there. But at the same time, it's evidence to me, one way or the other. It's, it's evidence to look at and say, well, 
was it done naturally or was it done by Bigfoot? Yeah. I'm glad to hear you're having him on. He's a, he is one of the nicest people in this community that you'll ever meet. Have you talked to him before? I have not. And the funny thing about that is the people who are regular listeners of the show know that I have been pretty hard on him in the past because I call into question some of the videos that he claims to be Bigfoot. Sure. Yeah. So he welcomes that. He, he likes that. He likes a good discussion on these things. And, but, uh, everybody has this, this huge negative impression. Not everybody. He has his followers and, you know, like a lot of people do, but Todd, the man is one of the most fascinating people you'll ever talk to. He can tell you stories. I mean, just wind that guy up and let him go. I'll tell you this. Don't ask him how he got into it. He doesn't like that question. So I'm just going to give you a heads up on that, but he is a super nice guy. And so I had him on our show. And uh, of course I got all the, all the, I got hammered in the comments and I'm like, I don't care what you think. Todd standing is a nice man. He was nice to me. He's a good guy. He's, he's very cordial, very gracious. And, and he was willing to talk when my podcast was a little bitty, you know, there was nothing to it. And, uh, he said, yeah, I'll come on. And then uh, a year later, we went to meet him in the, we went to Talladega National Force and he was over there doing research. And I actually saw how he was doing it and what he was doing. Let me tell you, Brian, that guy is for real. He's not, when, when he says he's, you know, how do you put it? Yeah. If you watch his film, he's out there. He gets lost, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's real. He was he had been in the Talladega national forest in the middle of the summer for uh, two weeks and had left his camp and he had not come back for days. And then he just shows back up at camp to meet us. He had a deadline to meet us there. And I got to get him on uh, my recorder telling some stories and stuff. Anyway, all that to say, you know, don't judge people by what they think about Bigfoot or what they claim about and judge them on who they are. And if you judge Todd standing on the man, Todd standing, he is a one hell of a guy, just a super nice guy. So stay tuned for more Sasquatch Odyssey. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey everyone, it's Brian. Do you like saving time? I know I certainly do. One of the ways that I save time is enjoying Factors delicious, ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto Meals. Also, there's more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. You can fuel up fast with Factors restaurant-quality meals in just two minutes. They have a wide variety of options for your entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And one of the best things about these delicious meals is there's no prep and no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat with no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. And Factor meals are flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need as you choose your meals every week. And plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor truly is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. And we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. So head over to factormeals.com odyssey50 and use code odyssey50 to get 50% off. 
That's code Odyssey50 at Factormeals.com slash Odyssey50 to get 50% off now. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I thought I'd just throw that in for your audience. <laughs> well, I definitely appreciate that. And I'll be honest, one of the things that started to change my opinion of him, because I didn't know him, I saw his stuff online and I saw his Discovering Bigfoot, which was very well produced. and. I, I came away from that going, either this guy has the best evidence that has ever been collected, that these things are truly, in fact, 100% real live creatures, yeah. or he's a hoaxer. Right. Exactly. And when I had that conversation with Les Stroud recently, when I had Les on the show, obviously he spent plenty of time with Todd and on and off the mic he told me very similar things to what you said, and I have tons of respect for Les Stroud, and I believe what he told me. So I started kind of not necessarily backtracking or backpedaling on Todd because I planned to ask him some pretty tough questions and have a pretty good discussion about what I believe some of the evidence he presented may or may not be. But at the same time, I had to stop being that person because I, I'm, I was judging him based on what I'm yeah, seeing sure. about Bigfoot, right? And not the person himself. And that happens to me all the time. And I hate it because of the show. So I, I had to back up and backpedal from doing that to him. So we reached out to him months and months and months and months ago. And he finally agreed that he would come on the show recently. And I don't know if it's just been a scheduling thing or he wasn't really happy with some of the things I'd said in the past. But either way, we'll we'll talk about that tom- tomorrow. He probably then. hasn't heard him. I don't think he follows these podcasts. He's like the guy who. Oh, I wish I could think of a, think up an anecdote for the type of person he is, but he is so zeroed in on what he's doing. And of course he loves his family. He's just madly in love with his children and he spent, he tries to spend as much time as he can with them. So he's got, you know, he's got another life other than this Bigfoot stuff, but he's like the guy who is in a batting cage and he's swinging wrong or he's got a flaw in a swing or something but he just keeps swinging and swinging and he ne- he will never let up and he's not paying attention to anybody else around him he's totally focused in with tunnel vision on what he's doing that's what being around him and talking to him is what convinces me that he is sincere in what he's claiming i i don't know anything about the images that I've seen and all that stuff. He could have gotten to me. And I, I told him that I'm like, I don't know if I believe those are real big, but he goes, I don't, it doesn't matter. That's the footage I got. You can take it or leave it. 
He said, it's just like the stories you do, Cam. People can take them or leave them, you know? And it's uh, it's almost like, you know, in, in the church, some people say if Jesus could come in and sit down right next to you in church and you would deny he was Jesus, you know? So, and I'm not trying to compare the Bigfoot topic to, you know, <laughs> the creator of the universe, but you get the point. And so, Anyway, he's a, I really like him and I, I don't have to believe everything he says or everything he puts out to like the guy. He's a really nice man. So. Well, that's awesome. I really appreciate the, the little behind the scenes and every, every little bit of that helps. So I'm definitely looking forward to the conversation. I think it should be very interesting. So everybody will want to tune in for that for sure. Let's yeah. talk about some of the stories that you shared over the last couple of years you've been doing this. Is there any that stick out in your mind as maybe some of the best ones you've ever shared or some that were the most compelling that you, I don't want to say believed more than the other stories, but just anything that stuck out to you, Dogman, Bigfoot, any UFO stories, anything that you could share with us that you found compelling over the last couple of years? Yeah, I was, uh, I pulled up my library of videos here and I was looking at, uh, some of my first videos, I've got one that's called Bigfoot Kill My Best Dog. It's a story about a guy here in the Holly Springs National Forest who went in. You know, you have to almost qualify before you talk about any of these stories that they had no idea of Bigfoot. They didn't know anything about it. And, you know, we assume that people, because we hear so much about it and all the theories and all that we assume everyone knows all, but he, they had never thought about it. Something above them started screaming and uh, it wound up killing one of his dogs. And I believe that story because I know the guy and that's a story that was recently told to me. And he's not a talker. He's not, he's never a storyteller or anything. And, um, he, he told that story and it was pretty good. There's a couple of dog man stories I've done that I thought were interesting. Um, one in West Tennessee where a couple of, uh, touring bikers, bicyclists, not motorcycle, but bicyclists were touring the, uh, Mississippi river trail that goes from uh, wherever the Mississippi river starts all the way down to Louisiana. They stopped in West Tennessee and they were killed. Nobody knows if they were just murdered by someone or, but they were greatly mutilated and, you know, and then, uh, the guy who told me the story was I was putting a boat in. Uh, and this was way before I ever did this channel, this, this story podcast. He said, yeah, that's a, as a werewolf kill those guys. And he was, you know, it had, it had happened recently and, uh, he lived up on a bluff and he remembers seeing helicopters go out there and he, he heard military units going in. He saw, he heard shooting and he saw something lifted out of the, uh, out of the, uh, Delta thick forest. And so that's one, that's another one. I'm just kind of browsing through here. I mean, there are so many that we have uh, done. And I, I would say just on a personal level, there's probably about 60 to 70%. I think there's something to them. Uh, and I and I tell my audience, you know, I know that I get trolled on this channel. In other words, people, you know, with a little bit of time on their hands that who will say, well, I'm just going to write a story and see if he'll read it. And uh, so... I know that happens. And we talked about that before. You can't, there's no way to know. I had, I have a uh, podcast up about some UFO sightings, possible UFO sightings I've had from way back when I was a kid. Uh, and they're not very exciting, but you know, I get asked that a lot about, uh, what do you, let's hear about your best stories and all this stuff. And 
man, I've got like 350 videos up three or four stories in each video. And they honestly, they begin to kind of run together. Yeah. I've talked about that before I do the episodes and people reach out to me and say, Hey, you know, I just listened to episode 35 and that guy was, what, what, what is this? And what I'm like, I, I, I don't remember that episode. That's just right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 105, 106 episodes in on just this show. I've, I've done almost 30 on the paranormal side and they all just start to run together after a, a couple of weeks after you, you do them, you just, you've moved on to something else and it's kind of sad, but they're always there in the audio, right? You can go back and listen to them and, and refresh your memory if you got to talk about it or, and I've had to do that in the past when people have emailed me about certain things and asked for other information because people, I'll have people on the show and they'll talk about like this guy just posted the show this morning. Uh, it's like the 16th of January as we record this. So the, the paranormal show this morning, the guy's talking about having pictures of x-rays that were done at the VA of this, what he calls an alien implant that was put in him when he was like 12 years old, when he was abducted. And of course I press him and I'm like, Hey, send me that. Well, I don't, I don't have that yet. I'm going to redo those. And so I know I'm going to get emails and people are going to say, Hey, why didn't you post this picture? So I try to post those as much as I can when people mention things on the air and I don't always necessarily get the follow-up after the, the interview's done. So yeah. Just a little inside baseball for folks that, that are looking for pictures from episode nine from somebody who mentioned something <laughs> and you haven't seen it. That's why I'm not withholding it. I'm not the government. Yeah. It's not in a black vault. I just didn't get it or I would post it. So it's a, uh, I don't, I posted a few. Uh, matter of fact, one of my first, first videos post uploads on YouTube was a, an image that my son sent me that one of his uh, Marine Corps buddies had taken i think it was in montana or utah or idaho up in the mountains and it's a real interesting picture well i did a video on it and coast to coast picked it up and put it on their website and it was uh that was pretty exciting but other than that i don't i think i've posted maybe a half a dozen pictures that people have sent me through email and i just don't do that i i, I normally don't do it because Everybody who sees them, all oh, that picture's fake. That, that's hoax. You know, everybody, that, that's the very first comment under every image that I post. And I just decided I'm not going to do that. Nobody believes them anyway. They're just looking for something that they can call a hoax. And look, I am working on a documentary at the moment. And it's, uh, do you mind me talking about this? Oh, absolutely. Go ahead. Um, it's called trackways and it's going to be out probably in the next two weeks. Now here's the story on it. I took, went on a Bigfoot expedition. It's the first I've been on Bigfoot group campouts before, but I've never been on an expedition. So I went with these four guys up in the Appalachian mountains and we bushwhacked way, way back into the mountains. And Brian, let me tell you, do you live in the Hills or in the low, low country in North Carolina? We're in the Hills. So you, you know what I'm talking about. You just to pick a line and start walking into the wilderness. Uh, that's fine. I mean, anybody can do it. If you're in any kind of shape, you can do it. You just go at your own pace, but it's hard. I'm telling you, man, and you don't make grunt. I thought I had never done it before. And I've walked and I'm, I mean, I'm in fair, I'm a fat ass, but I'm in fairly decent shape, but it's, you just go slow. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done. Well, we hiked back in there and we camped and I've filmed pretty much everything those guys said and did back to the pictures. Now they have 
tons of images and uh, audio recordings and, you know, they don't cast tracks. I think they have before, but um, they have volumes of this stuff, images of Bigfoot, images of videos of Bigfoot. They will not post it. They will not. And here's their deal. They are, uh, they are Bigfoot trackers and they do this all the time. And you'll see it in the, you'll see their theory in the documentary if you get a chance to see it. But, and it's my first, very first documentary I've ever done. And it's amazing what these guys do in the system that they've come down with. Now, I was hoping to see Bigfoot or hear Bigfoot or get some activity. And we did have some things go on. Now, I'm as uh, pragmatic as anybody, and I'm probably a, a really good skeptic. Uh, like some of the people you've talked about before. So I come into these things with, uh, not expecting anything, you know, pretty much all, this is all a bunch of bull crap, but I'm going to have a good time anyway. You know, I'm gonna have a great time out here. We heard some things and saw some things that weekend that I cannot explain. I cannot explain it. Had I been by myself without the influence of these guys and the intent of the expedition it's it was just a walk into the woods and a camp out wasn't an expedition to them it was an expedition had i been by myself i would still come back and go you know i saw some things back there that don't make any sense but now i think to myself well why i've done that before in the lowland flat areas that's i'm a lowland person mississippi delta i've walked for miles in the delta you can get lost in there just like you can get lost in the mountains uh, you kind of have to know what you're doing. I've gone for hours and hours in a boat to get to a pretty good fishing spot, uh, done all these kind of things. I've never seen anything like I saw that weekend and heard things like I heard that weekend. It was really unusual. Uh, in the documentary, even though all those things happened, I'm not going to really talk about those things. I'm going to hit the high points on it. But um, the point is, there are people out there that are serious. And I think Will Jevening's one of them. I think Will's one of them. Will's not out here trying to get views, and he's trying to get information out. And he, he takes a lot of crap from people because of his demeanor and the way he states his, his conclusions on a lot of these things. And people say he's a know-it-all, blah, blah, blah. He's not. Will's a good guy. He's a real nice guy. Uh, and I know there's, there's you know issues with other people through the years. But I base what I think about people based on how they are with me, how they are with me. And uh, Will knows what he's talking about. He has volumes of images and all kinds of things, audio recordings and videos that he will never share, never share because of the nature of the people out there. He won't do it. And the, the biggest enemies of Bigfoot being proved real, in my view, looking from the outside is because of the people who are interested in the topic itself. They're the worst enemy of the whole topic, because if it doesn't fit what they think it should be, they just dismiss it. They never look at it and go, you know, that's pretty interesting. That's why I am. When I, when I see images like that, I think, Oh, that is really interesting now, you know, and so you immediately begin to start thinking, okay, well, could that be a shadow? Could it be this or that? And I'm not talking about blurry pictures. I'm talking about extremely clear pictures where you can see facial details, eyes, whiskers, 
teeth, everything. There are people that have these images and they just won't share it because of the viciousness of the quote, Bigfoot community. Now I know that's who your audience is and probably a third of my audience. And I know that I'm pushing people away, but I'm not going to pull punches on this stuff. It's the truth. It's just the truth. Stay tuned for more Sasquatch Odyssey. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey everyone, it's Brian. Do you like saving time? I know I certainly do. One of the ways that I save time is enjoying Factors delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto Meals. Also, there's more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. You can fuel up fast with Factors restaurant-quality meals in just two minutes. They have a wide variety of options for your entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And one of the best things about these delicious meals is there's no prep and no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat with no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. And Factor meals are flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need as you choose your meals every week. And plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor truly is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. And we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. So head over to factormeals.com slash odyssey50 and use code odyssey50 to get 50% off. That's code odyssey50 at factormeals.com slash odyssey50 to get 50% off now. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From an outsider's perspective, that's what I see. But we did this uh, expedition, and um, these guys are the most sincere. Look, they spend thousands of dollars a year and hundreds of hours in the woods, not just sitting at a already prepared campsite in some state park they're off in the middle of nowhere to where you could keep walking you know you you leave a road you get there in a vehicle but you leave the road on foot you could walk for days and never cross a road in some of these appalachian uh, territories and it's it's remarkable and there's all kind of wildlife in there there's all kind of it's just amazing so uh we did a I took all kind of footage on it and three years later, I'm finally getting time to put it all together and put it out. So I think I started talking about that because of the images, but you've really, you kind of, kind of 
provoked a, a memory for me. So I thought I'd share that with you. I'm glad you did. So you're going to put the, it'll be out on your YouTube, the Dixie cryptid page. Is when yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, I'll definitely, once, once we do it, I'll link to it over on our website and everything. So people can get to it from there as well. Yeah. So it's a, uh, it's pretty good. And there's no, there's no, I'll tell, and I'm going to tell people in the very intro of there's no images of Bigfoot. There's, this is not a, this is a, you know, I told you earlier, what interests me is what makes you tick. What makes these guys tick? Why are they spending all of this time and all of this money? They could be hanging out with their kids or wives or families, or they could be hunting or what? No, this is what they do. This is all they do. And it's, uh, I, I tell you what, I compare them to, uh, you know, who Cam Haynes is, you know, the, super, super, uh, outdoor athlete, Cam Haynes and Joe, he hunts with Joe Rogan and all those people. He's a bow hunter and he's a, he, he runs these Bigfoot marathons, these 200 mile marathons. Who does that? I mean, who in the hell does that? But there is a following of bow hunters and, you know, rifle hunters, gun hunters, uh, elk hunters who will go into the mountains, moose hunters and things like that and stay for a week or two. You know, some I'm going horseback and all. I these guys that do this Bigfoot thing are right there with those guys, just rawhide dudes. I mean, they and they go in armed. They don't carry a rifle, but they go in armed, and it's uh, I'm I, they really impressed me, and I captured all of their theories, all of their motives, and how they got to this point. And that's uh, I hope it'll be interesting to people. We'll see. Definitely sounds like it, man. I can't wait to see it. And I agree, just to go back with what you said about Will, I, I've had the same experience with people, you know, when you mentioned Will and his his demeanor and on mic and off mic, Will is what he is. He is a genuine guy. You get what you get with him and the wealth of knowledge that he has about the subject. It's almost 49 years he's been involved in this. And there is a lot of backstabbing and things that go on in the community with other people. And I don't give a shit about any of that. I, I right. treat people very much like you. If I have a good experience with you and you're a professional and you, you want to work with me and you want to be on my show and he Will's had me on his show and we have a professional relationship that I would, you know, consider to be a friendly relationship at this point. And very much like you said, I can tell you, he's a genuine guy and the knowledge that he has and the books that he's put out on this subject are phenomenal. So anybody who's looking for information on the subject, pick up some of Will's books and you'll, you'll get some schooling for sure, because he's, he's poured that knowledge and he's working on another book. I think it's his ninth or 10th or 11th at this point currently that he's putting together and he's, he's seeking some help from folks in the community that have questions and things that they want to see addressed in the book. So, and he's a good writer. Uh, he needs an editor. You know, he needs someone to, to check his, uh, but Will's a good writer and he's, uh, he's just uh, the, my, my view of him is, you know, my regular job, I consider myself an expert. I'm an expert. And I know when somebody tells me, well, we're going to connect this trust this way and do it this way. And I'm like, no, it's not going to work. Here's, here's what you need to do. And Will's the same way. He's, he has been around these things. He has investigated these things and his experiences, he knows what he's seen. That doesn't mean that there are not other species that act 
you know, other subspecies that act and behave in different ways. But what he knows, that's the way he is. He's kind of like Todd standing. He's got tonal vision and, you know, he's not going to just kind of fold up and roll with the crowd. And I admire that. I admire that in people. So, yeah. And then there's people you meet and right off the get, right off the bat, you think they're awesome. You think, well, wow, this guy's a nice guy. And then it doesn't take long and you kind of start saying, no, that, that's my first impression was wrong. <laughs> so I could list a half a dozen of those guys, but, uh, but really for me and my podcast, I just kind of am off here in my little corner and I want to do my little thing. I don't want to get inject myself into the Bigfoot theory discussion because they're all, they're all conjecture. They're all uh, so subjective that it's, uh, and it's just people's opinion, you know, that's all it is. And uh, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to jump into that, into that arena with objective views on things because it doesn't, none of it holds up. So why even waste your breath? That's my view on it. Well, on that note, let's jump right into that. <laughs> Cause that's one of the questions I wanted to talk to you about to sort of close things out is I'm always fascinated with what people consider the woo part of it, the Bigfoot thing, right? And and I know you probably get some interesting stories as, sure. as do I. And I have people on the show early on when I started doing the interviews, I'd have people on and they would talk about lights and they would talk about some of these other what would be considered paranormal things that were going on sometimes simultaneously, either shortly before, shortly after, or exactly at the same time. And I used to write it off to, well, that's just two different phenomenon that are happening in the same general area. Like, oh, here's a UFO. And by the way, there's a Bigfoot beating on a tree. And I still, in some way, see that as being the most probable thing that's happening, right? And I have had people on the show that have physically said they have either seen or talked to people who have seen a Bigfoot coming out of a UFO. Right. I'm just not there with that. I could be persuaded, but I, I'm just having a hard time wrapping my brain around that. But things like Dogman, you know, you mentioned that earlier, and I've done one show on Dogman with one person who's had like five experiences and encounters with what she described as a Dogman or this werewolf type creature. I still can't rationalize that. You right. Know, yeah. A big, hairy, bipedal, relic hominoid is, in theory, something I can wrap my brain around. A UFO dropping a Bigfoot off to take a dump to pick it up later, like a pet dog. Yeah. I'm just not there with that. So I know it's conjecture and I know it's clearly opinion, but where are you on the woo part of the, the cloaking of the Bigfoot and the, the, the paranormal aspect of them being interdimensional beings versus flesh and blood? Do you have an opinion on that, you know, based on what you've seen and what you've come to understand about the subject? No, and I have not really given it much thought. I just hear the stories and I hear people's experiences and opinions of that. And I just take it for what it is. I, I have been asked many times, what do you think Bigfoot is? I think it's flesh and blood and bone and cartilage and sinew. And I don't think they cloak because there's, if in my mind, just following the lines of logic and thinking critically, uh, if it is flesh and bone, then nothing in nature cloaks like that. Now we have chameleons that change, you know, colors and things, but nothing that's hair changes instantly. Now horses, some horses will go feral and they start getting stripes on them and things like that. 
something changes in their uh, biological composition to give them different colors and things. So, I mean, that could be the case, but I mean, a lot of the times people say that they'll be totally visible and then they, you know, they do something with their hair and they become like the predator, you know, they become invisible. Uh, That's hard to believe because there's nothing in nature that does that nothing. And so that we don't have anything to, you know, if I could say, well, you know, unicorns, they come from UFO. So I guess, big, but there's no such thing as a unicorn. We, we know that. And it, so I just try to be a critical thinker while at the same time, enjoy the stories and some people's imagination on it. I just love it. I, I absolutely love it. And I'm never critical of people who believe that. I just don't, uh, I just don't, I don't have to believe it to uh, enjoy the topic. And that's, uh, for, for, as an outsider, that's where I stand on those things. And I, I threw that out there, not to put you on the spot, but I, I'm curious about people's opinions because I, I too, like you, am very much the same. I, I try not to judge people on what their experiences are. I take everything with a grain of salt and I put the stories out there for people to digest. And ultimately, the listener makes up their own mind as what they believe or what they don't believe. It's not sure. my job to do that. Yeah, It's just, I'm just a conduit for the stories because a lot of people don't have an opportunity to tell these stories to people that actually believe them and don't think that they're crazy. And that's why I created this show is to get people a spot to come and tell their stories and not be ridiculed. Although comments happen and and people put things out there once I put the shows out and I, I don't really ban people. I respond to every comment. If you get a, if there's a comment that you put on any place about this show, I'm going to respond to it. And I've had some pretty heated interactions with people because you know I, I you're entitled to your opinion just like I'm entitled to do my show the way I want to and you can listen or not I don't I don't care you know ultimately you got to make that choice of whether you tune in and listen to the show or not but when you start piling on people and you're talking about things you have no idea about and you know just calling people crazy and talking about their mental health and things like that I'm not going to put up with that on this show it's just not going to happen yeah and you know, that's one of the things that I try to shield people as much as I can from when they come on the show, because the last thing I want to do is bring somebody on who wants to tell their story and then allow them to tell the story on the show and then them get crap because they came on the show. It just, so when you're doing those comments, just think that these are actually people, these voices that you hear behind these microphones and on these phone calls and these videos are real people telling real stories. It's, it, it can be entertaining, but you know, when you make comments and you say things about these people after you hear them on shows like this, it affects them in a real way because they're real people. Here's the way I think that goes. And I'll talk about, I have the nicest audience on the internet that they are absolutely by far the nicest audience. And some of the quote, Bigfoot people are critical of me because like we talked about earlier, some of the stories, well, none of my stories, are, some are vetted. I do toss some out because they're so, so crazy that I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to read that. But there are, uh, I get criti- criticized for it, but here's the thing. And I'm not patting myself on the back, but these are facts that I know. And I'll preface it with this by saying, if you share a story with Brian or me or any other person that's out there doing these silly podcasts. Don't worry about the comments. If you believe 
your story and you've told the truth and you, you've, you already, and if you've told it before, you already know what that ridicule feels like, because if you told your wife or your, your cousins or a bunch of guys at work or whatever, you know, they're all going, oh, you're full of shit, blah, blah, blah. But here's what I think the Dixie cryptid and other channels that kind of do what I do. We have brought in hundreds, maybe thousands of people into this Bigfoot topic who just, they don't give a flip about Bigfoot. They just love these stories. The stories are interesting. So the people who are commenting, especially the people who are commenting in a negative nefarious way is such a small percentage of people. I mean, if I have a video that's got 125,000 views and I get a thousand comments that do you see the, you see the numbers there? I mean, what's that percentage? I don't know. It's below 1%. And so, and of that 1%, there's only maybe uh, a half a dozen that are negative. So of all those people who listen, 95% of them are going, they don't care if they believe the story or not. They're just looking over at their buddy. What they did was they're in a truck and they go, oh man, you got to listen to this. And then the story plays and then you turn it off and he goes, well, you think about that. Oh man, that was awesome. Play another one because people enjoy these stories. They're not sitting there trying to figure out if they believe it or not. They're just interesting stories. And I'm like in the audience, I get to read these and share them with people. And that's like double the fun. So for people who uh, are worried about sharing their stories or coming on Brian's show because they may have read a, a negative comment or something along those lines, hopefully I've given you a little peek into how small are the little peons who come on and do those, make those silly comments. The vast majority of people, Brian's getting a huge amount of downloads right now. The vast majority of people just love to hear the story and then they move on with their life. This is entertainment for them and that's all it is. And that is what I think makes these platforms really interesting there, you know, and as far as YouTube channels, podcasts and all, even though both of our platforms are doing pretty good, we're a little teeny tiny segment way off here in the corner. You know, we're not Joe Rogan's and, and people like that. We're just doing little bitty things that we enjoy and that other people enjoy. And so we don't have really that much influence on society or we're not talking about anything life-changing. I mean, believe me, there are bigger things in this world. I've always said, uh, my wife's always said, well, what are you going to do when you see a Bigfoot? More than likely, I'm going to go, oh, okay, well, he really does exist. I saw one, you know, and, and, then, and then I'm just going to go back to doing what I'm doing. And if people ask me, I'll go, yeah, I saw one. They're, they're real. I've seen one. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. I guess the, the encounter could be much more traumatic to me in a way. I can't see that. And, uh, but that's because I've never seen one. So anyway, the point is, don't be afraid to share a story. If you've seen something weird, look, you asked earlier, Brian, about some of my most interesting stories. The, one I, the ones I love and really seem to be endeared to are the stories where, that are really more subtle than the in-your-face, they're coming at me, I had to shoot them in the head type stories, even though I do a series on a, it's a fictional series on a Bigfoot hunter named Steve Lilly. But, uh, but that's just for fun. Most of the stories that I really love are just, uh, oh, one of my favorite stories is a woman who encountered a Bigfoot and she was scared to death. And then she looks up and her dog's out there playing with it. 
I mean, it's a great story, you know. It's a it's a lot longer than what I just told it, but I mean, it's one of those stories that just kind of catches you off guard, and you go, oh, and you feel good after the story. And then, you know, of all the stories I've done, I've only had one where one guy's grandfather was killed. It's called Bigfoot Kill My Grandfather. Every other story I've ever done, whether it's a benign encounter or a violent encounter, the person with the counter encounter always survives and is doing well and is here to tell the story. So I don't know, just a little food for thought there. Well, that's awesome, Cam. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing, man. I've had a blast talking to you, and I'll definitely link to your show and the show notes for everybody to go check out the What If It's True podcast, Dixie Cryptid on YouTube. Thanks so much for coming on the show, man. I enjoyed it. You have a great podcast. I, I, uh, I've been listening to your episodes, and I'm going to recommend it to all. I'm always recommending different podcasts. I'll make sure and get the word out because you do a great job with it, Brian, and thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. It was my pleasure. I appreciate it. And that's it for tonight's show, folks. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. everyone, it's Brian. Do you like saving time? I know I certainly do. One of the ways that I save time is enjoying Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals. 
Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto meals. Also, there's more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So, what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. You can fuel up fast with Factors restaurant quality meals in just two minutes. They have a wide variety of options for your entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And one of the best things about these delicious meals is there's no prep and no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat with no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. And Factor meals are flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need as you choose your meals every week. And plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor truly is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. And we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. So head over to factormeals.com slash odyssey50 and use code odyssey50 to get 50% off. That's code odyssey50 at factormeals.com slash odyssey50 to get 50% off now. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 